influencers, leaders, movers and shakers. This is Lenka and Alexander again straight from the Netherlands. We're productivity experts from Earn More Work Less Coaching and Consulting. And today we bring you episode number two of the Influential Executive Podcast, which is the number one podcast for leaders who want to grow their influence. Every week we bring you a new episode in which we interview world-class influencers who once decided to take responsibility for their own future. They're extremely successful because they do what others can't do, won't do or don't know how to do. They step out of their comfort zone and explore the unknown. You know, your influence only grows how you grow as a person. We want to show you that nothing is impossible. Our guests now live on purpose, do what they love most and inspire many people. If they can do it, so can you. Lenka is the most honest person I ever met. She loves connecting with people and make their fairy tale vision come true. And I'm the ultimate explorer. I love exploring the unknown and finding the biggest opportunities for growth. Together we help our clients connect the dots and create systems to accelerate their success. And you know that we are on a mission. We are on a mission to show to the world that having million degrees and all kinds of certifications is not the only way to success. Information without implementation is useless. And for those who read Think and Grow Rich, you learn that you must know how to organize and use the information you gathered. And so personal leadership skills are essential while turning your vision into reality. And in this podcast, we will share with the world how our guests build their dream life, how they make decisions and how they solve also challenging situations. So what makes one a high achiever? Well, a high achiever needs a coach. A wingman who is there by your side, gives a different perspective, shows your blind spots and helps you grow as fast as possible. A great coach helps you to step out of your comfort zone and build your confidence so you can conquer the world. Before we jump to the interview, we want to give a shout out to our official partner, Black Paul Marketing. They run all our social media campaigns and drive traffic and leads for the projects we're working on. They've partnered with clients from all over the world, from celebrities and political candidates to the new entrepreneurs and startups. They specialize in driving traffic and increasing leads and sales through Facebook marketing. These guys know how to efficiently invest your social media budget. At the end of this podcast, we have a special offer for you so you too can increase your brand awareness. In this episode, we interview a dance and fitness influencer who impacts lives of thousands of people by the art of pole dance. Her motto is be brave, be bold, be beautiful. She is international pole dance champion and successful pole dance teacher. Her mission is to empower people to embrace their vulnerability live with courage and open heart and to be curious about their potential both on and off the ball. What made her to make a career switch and pursue her passion? What made her a world-class pole dance artist admired by thousands of people all around the world? All of this will be answered in the next 16 minutes. Hey Heidi, welcome! Thank you for being here today. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Heidi Koker, we met you a couple of weeks ago on the Million Through Millionaires uh, yep. platform where you were teaching yep. us about Instagram. And one thing that struck Lenka and me immediately was your positive energy, big smile on your face and your willingness to share everything that you have learned. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Heidi, uh, who is Heidi? How would you describe who is Heidi? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like to go deep. <laughs> Indeed. Let's just let's just start with a bang. Wow. Um who is Heidi? I I believe that I am a, a, a spiritual being in here in a human form, having this amazing um experience here on earth and um uh tapping into my connectedness to to self and those around me and um uh, a positive being who enjoys the adventure of life i think that pretty much sums it up <laughs> that's it's awesome and and somehow you end up high up in a pole <laughs> yes yes and 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 that so through kind of this whole experiment of life i came across pole dancing and uh uh, tried a couple classes and fell in love with it and then um, left my job to be a full-time touring pole artist like what that's crazy <laughs> at what age did that happen what age well it was in 2013 that I won a major competition and started getting offers so let's see um, I was in my 30s I'm almost 41 now, and so, yeah, like 35, 36 when that happened. Wow, so I think I will have to absolutely post a picture of you coming along with this with this podcast because um, <laughs> when you, you just so openly share your age and I'm like, wow, then I was really majorly wrong when I, when I kind of tried to guess. You look amazing. When was it for the first time that you and Paul Dance met and had this major click? Um, 2009, the summer of 2009 was my first class and I really just wanted to go because, uh, I saw it on Oprah and the woman, Sheila Kelly, who was talking about it was like, she just talked about how empowered she felt and like how connected to her femininity she was. And I was like, well, I want some of that. <laughs> and so, um, I went and it was so fun and awkward and, you know, I was nervous and excited and it was just this big ball of, of new energy. And I thought this is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, the summer of 2009 was my first and it hooked me instantly, <laughs> instantly. And what was yeah. it that, that it hooked you? Was it the feminine part of it or was it that it's still some kind of taboo? What was it? Yes. All of that, <laughs> all of that, all of that. It was, it was, um, so I was a gymnast from early, like three or five years old up until I was 21. So I have an athletic uh, background and I wanted, I wanted to bring my athletic knowledge. Um, so I saw it from a sport perspective, but I liked that I could connect to my feminine self. And so, you know, when I first started, it was wearing heels and dressing up kind of like sexy, you know, and, and but it's different to portray sexy on the outside and feel it on the inside. And I wanted to own it. So 
you know, that was exciting and um, just being comfortable in my own skin. So all of those things, and it was a workout. So yeah. it's not just flopping around in heels, you know, you're using your body and, and to be in control of yourself and how you present yourself. And so that just sucked me in and, and you can create, you can dance, you can express. And then, um, and then it took on more of like a gymnastics acrobatic feel. Um, but yeah, so just that whole combination of, of, of sexy, new and taboo for sure. Yeah. And, and sport and, um, and to be able to create like all of that really inspired me. Yeah. How did you cope with opinions of other people? What did your friends say? What did your family say? Was it something oh yeah, Heidi just has a new hobby or was it controversial? <laughs> um, I didn't tell a lot of people, to be fair. I, I kept it kind of quiet. <laughs> so I did, I went with a friend of mine. Um, so I didn't go alone because I was nervous. Um, but I only, hmm, I told people I trusted because there was such a stigma with, um, oh, pole dancer means you're a stripper. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a stripper, really, if that's what you choose to be. Absolutely. Great, absolutely. So, however, I worked in the school system and being a teacher and the connotation of a pole dancer at the time was not a good match. No. <laughs> so I, I, I kept it pretty silent. Um, when I started competing, um, and started traveling internationally, I thought, okay, I need to tell the people I work with because if my name gets out there, I want them to know that I'm doing this thing that's more like circus than dancing with my clothes off because I'm always fully dressed, more so than even like maybe like beach volleyball or Latin dancing, you know what I mean? But there's this connotation. And so, um, so yeah, I was a little more secretive at the beginning um, my mom thought it was awesome. Um, she was very supportive just cause she saw it for what it was. And my father, when I told him, he was like, okay, what's this pole dancing thing? And then I sent him a video and he was like, wow, I get it. Cause he was, um, he coached gymnastics and he was in athletics as well. So they both saw the power and control that I was using and how my gymnastics played into it. And so they actually have a great respect for it. One thing that fascinates me about your story is that you you had this life, you had a job, you started pole dancing, it was a hobby, and at some point, it seems as if there was a click, a shift. Something happened and you said, I'm moving away from my job and I'm going to do the pole dancing thing. What, what happened? What was the realization that you had? Well, after um, pole was always an avenue for expression for me. So it was creativity in sports and a way to train and use my body and my mind. And it was just, I had a passion for it. Um, when I started competing, I, again, I was just competing because I enjoyed it and I got to travel. <laughs> after I won, I was recognized and people were, you know, giving me offers to, hey, will you come teach us? Will you come perform? Will you come judge? And I, I had this like, what do you mean? There's <laughs> another world out there. What are you talking about? You know, I was just doing it because I enjoyed it. And I had so many offers that 
I started thinking, okay, let me research what this other world is because I didn't want to be 80 years old and look back and say, gosh, I had, I had a missed opportunity. And so um, I took about six months um, to talk to peers in the industry and just get their feedback. Like, what is it like to be a touring artist? And how do you make money? And how does that work? And what's, what's involved? It was so foreign to me. Um, and then through many months of researching and crying and just being terrified because it was something so new and unknown. Um, yeah, I left my job. I left my security because that's what it was for, for me. It was security of having a salary and benefits and a job that I went to every day and that I was familiar with and leaving that behind and jumping into this big world of unknowns where you don't know where you're going to get your paycheck and how big it's going to be or how long it'll take or what you're going to encounter. Like everything was new. Um, and I can't imagine my life any different now. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. And that's so amazing that you made such a huge step out of your comfort zone. I think that's, that's something that many people fear and they, they simply do not know how to do that. So would you have a tip of recommendation for all of those out there who want to make a change, such as changing a job, for example, as you did? Well, I think it depends on the personality um, of each individual, because for me, um, I kind of have two trains of thought. I either make an instant decision. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's go jump. <laughs> <laughs> Or if it's something that, uh, you know, is a really big decision and I don't have that instant like gut punch to do it, um, then it takes me a while. I really have to process, um, you know, what are my options? Um, okay, I have these options. What happens if I do this and this? And I really have to let it sink into my being. I have to do the research to know my risk, to know my reward, um, so that I'm going into the decision with a mind um, full of Uh, I guess I guess it needs to feel right in my in my being and in my body. And so for me, often that takes longer, mm -hmm. um, so that I can really own my decision and not just, um, you know, make a, a a decision on a whim and then regret it. Yes. You, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, and yeah. you mentioned a very important thing. I did my research, so you. You ask yourself many questions, okay, what do I fear? What are the risks? What are the rewards? And then you went and researched and you ask people from, from the branch who already yeah. do that. And that's, that's yeah. really great. Listen, Heidi, you are a pretty big influencer. You have uh, many, many thousands of followers on your Instagram, on your social media. So yeah. what does it mean to be an influencer? How would you describe an influencer? To me, an influencer is someone who inspires you to, to be your best. So you can look at their life and they are practicing um, what they preach, if you will. So it's not just, they're not just saying these things, but their life speaks to um, the value and the quality that they want to share with other people. So it's being um, humble and honest and vulnerable and open And uh, a willingness to, to try new things and do your best and to help others and to share the knowledge that 
you've experienced because it's not just reading a book and then spitting out information. It's, you know, I've experienced these things and I've had to work through them. Mm -hmm. and, and it's through, through your personal learning and knowledge that you share with other people and that inspires them to do it themselves because you can't ever force anyone. Someone has to want to change and I want to inspire people to embrace their lives or, um, you know, like you mentioned, change your job or, you know, just live a fuller, richer life, whatever that means. Um, and, and to go back real quick, one thing I think is so important, um, you know, let's say you're making a decision to leave your job and it doesn't go the way you expected. Um, okay, so what? I think we hold so much power in this, well, what if I fail? Okay, so like talk that through. Okay, I left my job and I tried this thing and it didn't work. Well, rats. Yeah. What's next? You know what I mean? There's no, if I leave my job, the world ends and everything collapses and my world is destroyed. No, you feel bummed out and then you, you recoup and then you go and try something else. Like there's just, we hold so much power in the unknown and that we have to accomplish these big, massive goals. And if we don't, we're failures. And, and it's just step by step. And if something doesn't work, you learn and then you do it differently. And I think that's something that we don't teach um, our kids and, and other people. Um, and that's why so many people who are like these big names that you hear like, you know, Bill Gates and there's all these influencers around the world. They've failed so many times, but they keep getting back up again. And I think that's one thing that's so important is, is having that leap of faith mm -hmm. and, then, and then going from there. So, yeah. Wow. I love it. And what, what does it mean for you to have all these thousands of people following your life? How do you experience that compared to before when you were unknown to them? Um, it's interesting <laughs> because uh, it, it, it's a very interesting process um, to know that you are being followed or people are watching you because um, for me, it's, it's important to be authentic. So who I am talking with you guys, mm -hmm. as soon as this camera goes off, I'm still that person. Like mm -hmm. that is important to me that what you see is me. I'm not going to put on this super shiny face and then be someone else behind closed doors. So I want my, um, my followers to, to see the real parts of life. You know, social media is wonderful because we can connect, but often we get a one-sided view of what's really going on and it can either be inspiring or lifting, uplifting, or it can be, you know, kind of stressful or even depressing. So, so to know that I have so many followers, um, I, I want to be very, conscious and cognizant about the message that I share with them and make sure that they see that um, the life that I'm living is, is trialing and uh, trying and, and failing and trying again. And this is what I've learned. Let me share it with you. And this is what I practice. And maybe you could try it. Maybe you could find your own way, but just it's that exchange of um, sharing what I've learned and, and hoping that they see that and it can resonate in their own lives um, and, and inspire them. Yeah. But it, it's interesting knowing that I have followers. Like yeah. thousands. It's not that you have few followers, you have thousands <laughs> and thousands of followers. So that means that people 
can identify themselves with what you are doing. And what I really like is you are showing your true self. Because when I scroll on your Instagram, it is not only about pole dancing, it's about you. And that's why I like that you position yourself as as you. Not as this pole dance superstar, but as you, Heidi. And yes, you do pole dance and you are really, really good at that. But you are first of all, you are Heidi. And I like those quotes that you um, that you post. What, what would be your why? Why you, you are doing all of this? Why you are an influencer? Why you are a pole dancer? Yeah. But mm-hmm. what's behind? What's the reason? What's the why? Um, I just think that we have so much untapped potential inside of us and that when we can connect and harness um, that inner strength that we have and our own creativity and uniqueness and when we can tap into that that's where we get our 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 passion that ignites our, our courage to go out and and to accept who we are because when we when we feel comfortable in our own being, then we can go out into the world and, and, and be a force to be reckoned with, you know, but, but so many people are, are afraid, I think, to tap into to who we are from that fear, fear of failure. And so tapping into what we have inside our internal strength is, I think, greater than, I think <laughs> we're more capable than we realize. And I think people are just so afraid to, to A, show themselves, like really show themselves, and B, to go after life. And so, yeah, my, my why is to just encourage people to, to go deep in and, and embrace who they are to, and, and to connect to that. And that means mind, body, spirit, the whole, the whole package. And yes, I am a pole dancer, but that is one part of me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am Heidi and I, I have many aspects to, to my life and pole happens to be one of them. And it happens to be how um, my main uh, reach to influence others is through pole. Um, but the message that I teach through pole applies to life in general, R- whether you do pole or not, then the message is the same. Uh, it's, it all starts with the question, who am I? So what is this package that I uh, arrived on this earth with and what am I going to do with it? And what we found with all the people we spoke to about this topic is that indeed it's often fear holding you back. It's always safer to do nothing than to do something. Now one thing that can eliminate this fear is clarity. So one thing we try to do with this podcast is to create clarity about what it means to be an influencer, what it means to live on purpose, the choices you make, what happens. And one question that many influencers deal with, people who, for example, already have a following or people who want to live on purpose is, how do I earn money with this? Right? You're an artist traveling the world and somehow you earn money make like can you tell a little bit about how that works which different methods there are for people in your line of business to actually earn a living yeah i think um i think one thing uh that's so important is to be creative so sometimes um i mean okay so i teach workshops i teach around the world i perform and teach and judge 
and uh, it's a contract. It's work. So I am a freelancer. Uh, I am a freelance instructor. So um, people want uh, the movement that I have, and so they ask me to come and they pay me for my services. So that is one form of revenue for me. The other form is um, I'm also a sign language interpreter. So I worked in the school system, but now that I'm not in that particular job, um, when I'm home and not traveling, I freelance as an interpreter. So again, it's that, that contract of these are my skills. This is what I offer. Um, and then uh, I'm going to go to school for hypnotherapy. So that will be another form of income. And so I think people, we, we, we put ourselves in this box and we think, well, I don't have any skills. Yes, you do. Let's think outside of that box and look at what do you like to do? You know, I think we just, we keep ourselves so confined and constricted and, um, you know, maybe you enjoy cooking. So maybe you, work in a restaurant, you go to a kitchen or you work at a, you, you volunteer and then you work your way in there. There are just so many avenues that are untapped that we don't think about. So I think if people can get creative with, well, I enjoy doing this. Well, why don't you follow that rabbit hole and find out if you like doing that, is there a way to make money? And you don't have to make thousands or millions. You start with a couple bucks and then it adds in or it adds up rather as you get you know, uh, more qualified, if you will, and you get your experience and you get your feet wet. And so, um, yeah. And, and then, and then the, once you take that first step and then the next one, then doors will open for you. And sometimes they open immediately and sometimes they take a while, but it's just that willingness to explore <laughs> and, and go on an adventure and, and try I love it. And Lenka and I, we are living a similar life now as well. We, we travel the world, we meet a lot of people and we're all about connecting with people. Looking somebody in the eye and having a real conversation. And what you find is that every person is basically a good person. And so you build a network of friends yeah. everywhere. How important has this networking aspect been for what you do? It's amazing. And, and exactly what you said, connection with people is, is so important because when you have those connections, it's, uh, well, hey, you know, you, you know, you're doing this podcast. Well, my friend, oh, she's a pole dancer too. I wonder if you could, you know, she goes to the studio and then I contact the studio and now I have work. So it's, it's that connection of um, just being a good person and being honest and responsible and, mm -hmm. and walking in your truth um, and then meeting people who are doing the same and then that network just blossom and extends and um, and and just being open to meeting new people but but yeah networking is is paramount yes absolutely but but it comes with good connections and yeah. and having real connections were you always so open to ask for what you need because I can imagine, especially when you I want to get introduced to the studio, then you ask for it. Can you please introduce me? And I know that nowadays lots of people struggle with asking for what they need or what they want. Were you always so open and, and okay with that? Or did you have to learn no. it? <laughs> I had to learn. <laughs> I mean, I've always been a, a very open person. Mm -hmm. But um, asking for what I need or asking for help 
has been a journey in itself, definitely. That, and that, that's a, it's been a big lesson that I'm still practicing. <laughs> um, but again, it's that concept of you have to take that first step. Mm-hmm. So when I first started um, touring, I worked with a company because I, I didn't want to reach out to people. The money um, intimidated me because I thought, well, I'm just a pole dancer. You know, I had a hard time relating my skills that people wanted from a financial equation. And so I needed someone to help me do that. And by going through the process and being guided, it's like having a business coach or a business mentor or a financial mentor. It's, it's that same thing. Sometimes you need to, to be guided. And then through the years, I finally learned how the process worked. And then I got more um, uh, comfortable asking. And now um, my dear friend who, who started the company has moved on to other things. And so now I am my company. And you know what? It's not so bad. If, if, <laughs> I ask a, if I ask a studio, would you like to have me? And they say no. Okay. That doesn't mean that I did something wrong or I'm a bad person. It's just a no or a not this time or we'd love to, but we can't. Mm-hmm. And so there are thousands of others that are just waiting. So it's just, it's just taking that first step, but you have to be vulnerable. And that's a big thing. Yes. And um, so, yeah, asking for help is, is huge. And um, that was a huge lesson for me to learn. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that we're anyway talking about asking and about the network effect, we're going to have many people from all over the world listening to this podcast. And even when they are not in the business of pole dancing, they may know people who are in the business of pole dancing. So this is your opportunity to also explain what is the unique value that you bring when you come into a studio? What can people count on for you to create as an experience? Awesome question. Um, Well, I think the value that I bring is um, because of my um, athletic uh, background. I mean, I was a gymnast for, you know, 15 plus years. So I have a really strong um, understanding of the body mechanics and how that works with pole. So, so my, my technical breakdown and my uh, ability to watch someone and then fix what they're doing, offer suggestions with how they can um, manipulate themselves. So it's both a, a, from an instructional point of view. Um, I'd like to think that I have a very strong uh, technical background and awareness as well as um, I like to encourage people to, to find their own path. So you know, pole is very personal. Um, and we do a lot of our learning via like YouTube and Instagram. We watch others and then we mimic what they do. But for me, I want to give someone a structure of this is how I do it. Now choose your own adventure. You know, this doesn't work for you and your body. Let's figure out what does work for you. Or, you know, um, uh, this movement here is uncomfortable and my body really wants to go this direction instead. And so great. I I encourage people to take my knowledge and then apply what feels natural to them. So I'd like to think that my value is both from a technical aspect as well as a creativity aspect and encouraging people to um, really explore their own, um, their own identity or their own style and personality through pole because it's very personal and because that expression for me is so important, I want other people to, to harness that as well. Because uh, th- the beauty of what we do is it's not just a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also creativity, 
an expression you can perform. It, it's really more, um, uh, it, it's just a whole package. We don't always get to express ourselves as much artistically in life. And, and, um, and I think this is a way to bring the athletics and the artistic together. So I'd like to bring that when I teach, um, I offer that as well. I just love the passion with which you talk about uh, about your topic. It's uh, it's it's really you. And uh, I just want to add to that. There's as a third aspect of bringing you in. There's also commercial value, because you have a track record. You you won some great championships, and here you in here you come visiting yeah. this particular studio. So yeah. it's it's great value for the current clients, for bringing in yes. new people. It creates credibility yes. for their brand as well. That's right. And, and also when I go into studios, you know, working hard is hard work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That sounds crazy, but people think like, oh, I can do this thing and it's easy and I'm always inspired by life and what I do in the gym or, you know, but it's hard work. And so I want to, to leave a, a studio with them being inspired. And so, you know, often we, we work so much and after a while life is, you know, sometimes there's so many challenges that we feel a little down or a little depressed or like life is a little heavy. And when I, when I leave a studio I, or a business, I want them to feel uplifted and inspired and ready to attack again. I want them to be fueled to, you know, when I leave, that they're reinvigorated for the next set of challenges. And so, um, you know, and, and then hopefully their instructors are motivated and that is going to make their students more motivated. And then hopefully, um, because I have won some competitions, when people see my name attached to the workshop, maybe that will inspire other people from other studios to go visit that one. And then the network just spreads. So it really is beneficial, um, you know, all around. Yeah. And you are a coach as well. I mean, you obviously have your own trainees, but you coach as well new instructors. Uh, yes, yes. And that, that's something I'm developing right now. So um, when I teach and when I coach, um, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, someone who does pole for a hobby. And then also I teach instructors. So it's really the, the gamut of people. Um, but yes, I'm working on a program to specifically train instructors with that nice uh, kind of sport athletic background so that they can take it to their students and their studios um, as well. So yes, I'm developing that. Yeah. Wow. And how does it feel to be a coach? Because there is obviously one, one side is the being the artist, being the dancer. And then you step into this whole teacher role. How do you perceive it? It's because I can imagine that many people just stick to the dancer role and they are fine with that. And they're like, no, I can't handle people who don't understand what I do. And if I explain it once, twice or three times, it's enough. And then I like have enough. Are you patient? And were you always, uh, were you always a teacher or a coach or it's something that you had to learn? Well, it's interesting because I, as a, as a gymnast, I was very difficult to coach. <laughs> so, um, I, for some reason, <laughs> was uh, not, uh, I was a very challenging student. So my coach was so patient and loving and looking back at my experience um, working with him, I have so much gratitude for 
I mean, I was really a butthead, just to be frank. <laughs> I was not, I was just a, a bratty little kid in the gym and I had a lot of talent, but I didn't know how to channel that. And so I use my experience and how my coach worked with me and I apply that how I work with other people. So um, uh, after I, I was a gymnast for so long, then I, I graduated into coaching gymnastics. So, so a lot of my learning um, in coaching experience came from um, coaching gymnasts at first, but then now as, as a, a more experienced coach and mentor and teacher through pole, um, patience is huge. Some people have a very natural talent and they can get a move on the first try. Others may take years and it's how do you encourage them and inspire them to keep that track, to keep pushing when they just want to give up. So um, to me, a, a teacher and a coach uh, is someone who is providing not only the, the, the structure and the foundation of the movement, but also the inspiration to keep trying. Um, uh, and, and quite often you have performers who are fabulous performers, but not very good teachers. And vice versa. Sometimes you have amazing teachers who are not very good performers. So trying to, to look at your student as a whole, you know, do they perform well? Let's, let's harness into that performance aspect. Or are they very athletic and trick-based? Well, let's, let's harness that. So it's, there's a lot of observation. And um, what's interesting to me is working with other people um, when you when you come across that student who is challenging and they tried it ten times and you're like you're just as frustrated because you're like gosh I've taught this for a year and I don't know what's going wrong and we've tried all these things and you try to break it down and analyze you know for me that's a beautiful learning opportunity as well because it's like okay you're obviously thinking a different way than I do and your body responds differently. And so there's all this, this analyzing that goes into it and, and you really become a team and, mm -hmm. and trying to figure out that together. And sometimes people figure things out and then you think, wow, I would have never thought about it that way. So it's, it's a give and take and an exchange. And um, yeah, I, I, I never thought of myself as a teacher and now I love teaching. <laughs> like it, it just excites me very much to uh, to work with people and to 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 push them because I think we don't realize how powerful we are and how strong we are and how much um, we're capable of. Yeah, and so yeah, I I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I wish our listeners could see the smile on your face because <laughs> it 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 replaces all the words. <laughs> One thing that we love to do uh, with the people we talk to is to figure out what their life experience is like. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a day in the life of. And so the question that I have is, what are some examples, uh, two, three examples of specific habits that you believe that every successful influencer must have? One, uh, well, yep, sure, absolutely. Great question. So one thing um, is finding stillness or quiet time. So whether you want to call it uh, meditation or mindfulness or, um, you know, there's a lot of different terminology for it, but finding time to really quiet the mind so that you can um, just 
get rid of all that external influence and, and go inside. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times the answers, well, almost all the time, the answers are within us and we're so bombarded with external stuff that we can't hear it because mm -hmm. we haven't taken time to, uh, to let go of all that external and, and just quiet our, ourselves. So we can hear their internal, our true, not, our, not the monkey chatter that's going on, but the, the, true, the true self. Um, so finding, I, I do meditate. So for me, that's one thing. Um, that's one main habit. Um, another habit that I have is filling my external world with positivity. So listening to um, YouTube channels that talk about uh, inspiration, motivation, people who have um, inspired others and how they've done it, like Tony Robbins or Oprah or um, I don't know, Brene Brown or, you know, a number of people who are motivational. Um, I listen to that constantly. I'm in the car, audiobook. I'm in, you know, I'm at home, another podcast. I mean, it's all the time. If I feel down or confused, I'll go on Pinterest and I'll search quotes. I'll put in love, faith, trust, motivation, inspiration, something, and I'll just inundate myself with um, positivity, um, uplifting music. Um, so, so anything I can do to make sure that I'm surrounded by um, positive influence. So that's, that's another habit that I think that's really important, um, as well as constantly reading. <laughs> so I want information, whether it's about, um, you know, changing your life or breaking habits or finances or how do you meditate, you know, in another way, just or fitness, just anything to keep my mind constantly renewing and replenishing and thinking. Um, so learning, learning, I guess, uh, is, is a, a big one. Yeah. So those are my habits and, and good eat, good eating habits and good sleeping habits and exercise. Of course, I don't think you can't be your best self unless you are taking care of yourself. And that's self love, not from an ego, but the, I care for myself. So I'm going to treat myself like I would treat a guest in my home. Um, yeah. And, and caring for yourself. Yeah. So those are, those are my habits. Many of these habits, um, I'm sure that everybody will agree with that they're good things. And that brings us to the next challenge. <laughs> Unfortunately, we only have 24 hours in a day. How are we going to fit in everything we want to do in only 24 hours? <laughs> Tell us, how, how do you do that? Well, I was going to say, if you figure it out, will you let me know? Because <laughs> I'm searching too. Um, one, time management is huge. It is huge. It is huge. It is huge. And I, um, I would say in the last year have sort of shifted my focus. I, um, I joke that I have ADD and that I always want to do something new and different and look, it's shiny. Let's try that. Oh, let's try that. <laughs> and, and it's, it's fun because it keeps me engaged and trying different things and inspired. However, it is not always the best use of time. So, um, uh, one thing that I try to do, um, is when I wake up and I have my morning practice of, um, quiet time meditation, what's my intention or what are three things that I want to accomplish? Um, and then I attack the day. So I used to have a to-do list, um, that would be like 
novel, you know, full of a hundred things I needed to do. And I would feel so upset that I didn't get them all done or I'd check off two of them and add five more. And so, <laughs> and I still do that sometimes <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but, um, when I have a lot going on and, and I have a very, um, compressed amount of time, if I can just get my immediate things done. So, you know, this has to be done today. This has to be done tomorrow. And this is important to me. So I want to attack it and maybe just pick those three things. And when I get those done, then I can look at the rest of the list, but really starting with what are my immediate things that have to be done? Not my, I want to do this, but like this, this is imperative that it gets accomplished today. And then once that's accomplished, then um, doing other things. And as a side note, I think it's very important to schedule in personal time because that's something that I, I thought if I work nonstop that I will accomplish more. But what happened is I would work like a crazy person and then I would just become crazy. <laughs> and feel so overwhelmed and stressed that I would just take a couple of days and lose myself and just, you know, and then I felt like, oh my gosh, I just wasted two days. And it wasn't that I wasted them. I just needed to express and take a load off and enjoy. Mm -hmm. So now it's let this get these things accomplished and then let's read a book, read a magazine, go work in the garden. Let's go to a garden. Let's have lunch with a friend. So having that balance so that I don't feel like I'm depriving myself um, and that my life is always um, kind of sustaining itself with both work that needs to be done, work that I want to do because I enjoy it, and then the freedom to, to live, um, to do the things that I like to do for enjoyment and pleasure. I'm I'm very curious to uh, to hear whether you experience the same as we do in that respect. What we notice is that since we started to really live on purpose and work to that mission for that mission every single day, even when we take personal time, <laughs> that's where we get all the brilliant ideas. Yep. <laughs> as if you see different parts of the world, different parts of life, and you start recognizing underlying patterns that you can then apply on what it is that you're doing. Do, do you recognize this? Absolutely, 100%. It's like, it's like, you know, people talk about when you're in, in the shower, just take a shower, and then those ideas pop into your head because you're just relaxed and you're in the moment. And I think, like you've talked about, when you're traveling or you're just experiencing life and enjoying yourself and all of a sudden you're like oh, that idea pops into your head because you're in flow and you're relaxed and you're not trying to force it you're just enjoying life and when you're in a space where you can receive that joy it can pass through you and it can come to you and that's where your inspiration that's where your ideas pop in and um yes and that's why i always travel with a notebook because i'll be having a conversation or just doing something and, and be like oh Oh my gosh, that's the answer. And then scribble it down, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on with that. Yep, yep, yep. Has it ever happened to you that you felt stuck in your life? And if so, what was the kind of decision or action that you took that helped you to get unstuck? Yes, um, have definitely been stuck. Um, I think that's a really frustrating part in life. It's also where you learn the most. Mm -hmm. I think when you get stuck, um, 
A, being able to identify that you're stuck is key. Because I think a lot of people are stuck and they don't realize it. So becoming self-aware and realizing, oh my gosh, I keep repeating that same thing or I keep doing this thing over and over and it really makes me unhappy. And then realizing, oh, it's because of this and I feel stuck because of that decision. So becoming aware first and then wanting to do something about it because if you're stuck, some people will stay stuck because it's comfortable. They may not like it, but it's comfortable. And, and choosing to, be, to make the process of getting unstuck means you have to do work. So again, that research comes in. We're talking to other people, whether it's um, you know, trusted people in your, your tribe or reaching outside of that with a, a, a counselor or a mentor or a coach or... Um, you know, any number of people who have experience um, with getting unstuck, if you yeah. will. But, but you have to um, first know that you're stuck, B, want to make a change, and then C, you actually have to take a step. Yes. And, then, and then it's a process, and it's, it can be a long process. Um, when I have been stuck, um, I like to read and journal um, and kind of find what's going on in me that's causing me to be stuck. And then how can I go about making a change? So hiring a business coach and an energy coach, that was one thing that helped me to get unstuck mm -hmm. um, and push me outside of my comfort zone. Because a lot of times being stuck, again, is that comfort zone where you, you know what's going on and, and you might not like being stuck, but it certainly is comfortable. And so <laughs> I'll just be comfortable for a while yeah. until I'm ready to break free. So, um, yeah, I think asking for help is a big way to get unstuck. Nice, nice. And it comes down all to those kind of habits here. Indeed, asking for help and having a coach and journaling is a big one. Because, yeah. I mean, I honestly, a few years ago, I was not into spirituality or anything. Until the moment that one day I felt stuck. Yeah. And then I suddenly realized all the material around me, all the material stuff is no longer helping me. And spirituality, really getting to know myself, discovering your soul purpose. That was yeah. really the way to go and journaling plays still a big role in this. So I'm, I'm happy yeah. that you mentioned it. I, I think part of that as well is just connecting back to yourself. Yeah. You know, we, we are energetic beings, whether you want to believe that or not. We, we are little balls of energy walking around and... And I think so often we're so disconnected from who we really are and who our true self is. And, and it's not necessarily, sometimes it's intentional, but not always, you know? And, and so I think when you um, can take a moment and, and, you know, spirituality to me is just connecting back to self and my energy and how I feel when I sit by myself and can I enjoy my own company and, and when you journal, you can write out those thoughts. And I think the more connected to your internal flow, um, the more you can get unstuck. But again, you have to even be aware that there's an issue going on um, and that you are stuck. And that's, again, being connected to self. Yeah. So now, nowadays, did you turn your hobby into your work? What are the other hobbies that you have? Do you have other hobbies? Well, that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> so I really struggled with that. 
when I was researching, you know, what happens if I leave my job and take this big leap of faith and go on a new adventure to become a pole artist, I every, literally everyone I talked to said, oh my gosh, follow your passion. You know, this is your dream. I was like, well, it's not my dream, but it's an opportunity, you know, and, and so I did it. And then the first person I talked, literally the first person I talked to when I started noticing well, it was my passion. And now that I'm, I'm going to say forced, it's not exactly forced, but now that I, I had to do it and it wasn't just on my own. Now it's my, my income, my life force, you know, for financial stability, it didn't feel the same. And the first person I mentioned this to, they said, Oh yeah, silly, you never make your passion or your hobby, your, your <laughs> financial. And I was, oh, what? Well, where were you for the last six months? Darn it wait a minute. And so I had to really separate or not separate, but I had to look at, okay, if this was my passion, what was it? What was it doing? What was it providing me? And now that it's my work, how can I keep my passion and do it for income, but still have that internal fire? And I realized that I needed a new, I needed a new hobby, if you will. Um, and my passion shifted from just pulling as my passion to teaching became my passion. And so I, I needed to shift my focus with um, how, I, how I was perceiving my work mm -hmm. and then finding a new hobby to sort of distract, not distract the mind, but give the mind another avenue to get those uh, juices, you know, inspired and working. And, and I would say that inspiring people is that hobby. Like I find myself, or not necessarily inspiring people, but um, living a better life for myself and then being able to connect with others who want the same. That has become um, a new, I don't even want to call it a hobby, but that's what fires me up. So again, that continuing of research, of reading and um, uh, learning and um, I don't know, maybe that's really abstract, but, but I was thinking about it this morning. Like that is, that is um, yeah. Learning, being, being a researcher of life, if you will, that's that is my new. Oh, that's really, I like, I like that very much. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's sort of my new hobby and, and whatever that looks like, but it's kind of like jumping in and being like, what else you got? Let's, let's do this. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally get it. I'm, I'm an explorer as well. I mean, it's for the adventure. Yeah. Life is a series of experiences. Yes. And I like to experience as much as possible. Yes. And I love that we're exploring you and your life and your, your experiences now as well. It's, it's super interesting because yeah. the better you get to know other people and what's really behind the image that you're just interacting with, the yeah. more you understand that we're all the same. We are, we're all stuck sometimes, we all have passions, we all have things we don't like, we all yeah. uh, prefer security in a certain way, we all like yeah. new things as well. And, and so one thing I like to do when I talk to people is also go back in time a little bit. So is it okay if I ask you a personal question about your past? Yeah. One question I love to ask people is, how did you spend your time when you were eight years old? eight-year-old Heidi, when you would have spare time, you could mm. do whatever you want. Mm. What were you doing back then? 
Well, um, I was a competitive gymnast. So my spare time was in the gym. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I want to say that I was competing when I was seven. So at eight, I was training all the time. So to be, to be, to be quite frank, I don't remember um, much of my childhood other than training. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have wonderful parents who would do fun things with me, you know, going to um, the woods and exploring uh, and, and doing fun stuff outdoors. But um, my life was spent training. Yeah. And, yeah, so that I, I can so much relate to that because I, I come from a family we were we are always very active up until today. My parents are I think having more hobbies than we all have together. So they are very active. And as a kid I was competing on a high level in a ballroom dance and later on fitness and I was playing piano and flute and I was doing really many things on a high level. So mm -hmm. I often got that comment from my peers like Linka, but you didn't really have a childhood because indeed I spent it in competitions, in, in gyms, in trainings and yeah. and I studied in the nights, really in the evenings and late at night and in school and, and over and over and over. Looking back, how would you rate your childhood? Would you say that it's something that you really, really enjoyed? Interesting. I don't know that I would use the word enjoy. That's not what comes to mind. Um, you know, until, until I was um, 18, I was in the gym um, before school and then after school and all the weekends and competing. Like, it really consumed my world. So to say, and that was challenging. To, so to say that I enjoyed it, um, Mm, I don't know. Those would not be, that was, that's not my first choice of words. <laughs> However, I would not change a day of it. I, I yeah. would not change anything about that experience because it, it taught me um, how to be focused, how to be driven, um, to enjoy life as well. Now as mm -hmm. an adult, you know, okay, great. You work hard, but because I didn't have all those times of just playing and being a kid, now I realize how important that is as an adult that I go out and play, you know? Yes. So, yeah. So, so I have, a, I have much gratitude and respect for how I grew up and, yeah. and much appreciation for what it taught me. Love it. Um, um, and I have a lot of uh, a positive, um, a positive experience. It was challenging um, but I, I really am grateful, really am grateful for my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like that. And I think we look very in a similar way. I have very similar response to this that I, I wouldn't change a, a thing on that because it taught me the discipline and yeah. that I need drive my energy. I'm very thankful for the energy because I can share energy in a way as, as not many people can. And I'm very grateful and I appreciate as well the opportunity that my parents yes. gave me because I could literally do whatever I wanted. They always supported yes. me. The thing that I do remember um, that I loved was um, I would put on records back in the day, like vinyl, actual records on the record player, um, Percussion Around the World, which was just a series of different known tunes from around the world, no vocals. Um, and I would dance around the living room. 
and I would dance and I, you know, cause I was a gymnast, you know, maybe I would do cartwheels and handstands and flips, but I would dance and dance and dance and I would go outside and dance and bring the tape player. So that is one of my fondest memories. And if I was going to say that I enjoyed anything, that's what it was. Wow. And that is what I enjoy so much about pole is because I will put on a tune and just dance and dance and dance. And I don't care what it looks like. I just know how it feels. And that connection um, to that eight-year-old little girl dancing in you know, the backyard or dancing in the living room while her grandparents were watching, that connection to that internal freedom that I had, that was pure joy. And that is what I find in pole is when I just let myself be open to creating and not so attached to the outcome, but just the process and what that feels like. Um, that is also pure joy. So that is something I do enjoy from my childhood. Yeah. And now out of a box uh, question. Okay. And you will not expect that. Okay. <laughs> what do you appreciate about cats? About cats? Yeah. Because you got cats. I know. Did you see him just cross right now? I was yes. trying so hard to like lift him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love cats. You know, we have three cats. So I'm like, I have to ask this question. What do I appreciate about cats? Um, cats are very intuitive. They also are very, um, they're very comfortable in themselves and they know what they want and they are not afraid to ask. Like the one who just crossed, he is 18 and he's very demanding. And when he wants something, he wants it now, period. And if you're not paying attention, he will ask you until you literally stop everything that you're doing and cater to him and his needs. So um, I just appreciate that they, all animals, live in the moment. They truly live in the moment and they, they want love and snuggles and affection and when they're done, they're done. And that's it. Thank you very much. I'll see you later. And, and they move on. You know, they, they're not afraid to ask for what they want. Um, I love their agility. And, um, and you, have to, you, have to, you have to respect a cat. Not that you don't with dogs, but dogs will just be like, yay, I'm excited to see you. And yeah. often with cats, you, they're like, you know, uh, uh, who are you? What are you doing? And what, why are you on my turf? And let me get to know you. And you, you have to allow them, you know, to be comfortable with you. And, and then they choose yeah. if you're, you know, if it's okay for you to be in their space. And I, I think cats, uh, they know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love the description. Oh, yeah. I think all three of our kids, they are very much like what you exactly described. So, <laughs> and for, for uh, you and all the cat lovers out there, uh, one thing that we can recommend is that the BBC has made some pretty cool documentary about cats. Oh, really? So if you want to understand uh, how a cat perceives the world and uh, certain behavior tests and agility tests were done, um, you can yeah. find it online, BBC documentary on cats. I uh, forgot about the title. Yeah, and I'm just looking around right now because I don't see the book right now here. But one of our friends, Jeff Lazarus, wrote a book. Uh, he wrote several books. But one of them is called Catechism. 
Okay. And that's about the relationship between a human being and a cat. And it just is such an amazing, funny book, but funny in a very serious way. It's very hard. Jeff has very special humor. And it, yeah. it is just so amazing how he describes the silly relationship that cat people have with cats. Like the things we do, he just puts it out there black and white. And he, <laughs> he actually compares it to some kind of almost like religion. Wow, I need to read this. <laughs> yeah, it is brilliant. Catechism and the same is for dog people and it's called Doctology. Okay, I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> it is it is really extremely funny book. So that's just, uh, yeah, for all of those cat lovers out there. Before we wrap up, we always look ahead. We okay. always look into the future because we now have this opportunity to hear about your goals. We're very curious with everybody we talk to about what it is that you're looking to achieve in the next six to 12 months. Your number one goal that if you'd achieve that, the year would be a raving success. I would have to say um, in the next six to 12 months. Um, so I'm in process of working uh, on a uh, instructor, advanced instructor certification, as well as a video subscription um, so kind of taking my teaching that I do around the world and taking it to video format um, so that I can reach more people. So having that up and running and um, accomplished, um, if I can do that in the next six to 12 months, fantastic. Um, I also would like um, to publish a book. So that's maybe not 12, but maybe 18 to 24. Um, but yeah, continuing to, to work on how I can touch people's lives and, and touch them in a way that they're fueled to go on their own. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it, ma it makes total sense. And yeah. always when asking this question, what I'm listening for are the specific pieces of the puzzle. Yes. The things that you're going to need help with from other people somewhere out there to make this happen. So within our audience, the people listening right now, what can they do to help you with these goals? When they're listening and they think, I want to help Heidi, what are the things that you need most? Well, I would say just continued support um, as well as feedback. So, um, you know, I used to just post videos. Here's me training, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then as I started posting more personal stuff, um, people would respond and that was my feedback to, wow, people are paying attention and, and they are listening and, and they are getting something by me sharing my personal life. So that feedback allows uh, me to, to know if I'm headed in the right direction, if people are understanding what I'm trying to offer um, or if they're connecting to that. So I would say um, um, just feedback. Really, you know, whether it's on, on a video from a, a sport perspective or, um, you know, I have a blog on, on my website. Um, so feedback on my blog post. Um, I also have a newsletter. So, so any, any dialogue where people are, you know, whether, wow, that resonates with me or not so much. Um, that feedback connection is really important. Um, um, so... Yeah, and then just being continued to be connected and continuing to check in because as I, um, you know, produce these other mediums to, to reach more people, um, you know, knowing what people's 
needs are, what their wants are. Hey, wow, you did this video and that's great, but you know, I haven't seen this or no one talks about this. Do you have any ideas for this or that? You know? So again, I, connection and feedback. It's just that continued dialogue like we're doing now, you know, talking with people and finding out, you know, where their own um, deficiencies are, where their strengths are and, and, and helping each other out. So just continued connection. How do people find you on Instagram, on Facebook? What's your website? Uh, my website is HeidiCoker.com. Um, and uh, I have a blog on there and you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, my Instagram is Heidi Coker, at Heidi Coker. Um, so you can follow me there as well as Facebook is uh, Heidi Coker Pole Artist. Um, so I guess it depends on if you want more of the, the pole aspect, my Facebook would be good. But if you want a combination, my Instagram is both uh, an inspirational message as well as my pole kind of combined and then my website as well. So um, yeah, but I, I want people to to dialogue, it, it, it helps keep the connection alive and it helps me to become a better person as well. And I think if we're not striving to become better versions of ourselves all the time, then we can't um, impact other people's lives because it, it comes from us first. And so that's, that's how we grow and then that's how we share with others. And that is so amazing that you personally interact with people. I think that sometimes we keep asking ourselves the question, is really the person behind the person who I want to talk to? Is really Heidi replying or is it someone else? So it's so nice that right. you say, I really am reading the posts, I'm reading the comments and I want to interact with you guys. I think it's yeah. very important for me as a follower. I want to know that you really read the posts. So I'm super yeah. happy to hear that. Any closing words, anything that you would like to still share something that you say, this is a must what, what all the listeners have to know. I think the most important thing is to, to just to go out and try. I think people are so afraid to try. Um, you know, they think that when they go to, to, to try something, it has to be this big, magnificent, amazing, life-changing experience or goal that they have to achieve, and, and myself included. You know, I used to think that, you know, okay, well, if I go out as a business, I have to be this, this, you know, enormous entity. And that's just not how it is. And in fact, that's like the 1%, you know, you, you go and try something and you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable to life's experiences and then you learn. And I, I, I want people to be more curious about their own potential and what they can accomplish in life. And, and then to be more curious about who they are on the inside and, the more connected they can be to that, to that inner being and to that, that self that they are, then they can find the courage to take that step and try something new and be okay if you fail and fall down and just get back up and do it again. And, and I, think, I think if people can just be a little more courageous and be okay with, with that little bit of unknown that they will build their, their strength and confidence, and I, I would encourage them to do it. It's what I'm trying to do. It's how I try to live. Um, every day and, and I want other people to, to try to do the same. Beautiful and, and so beautiful because you share a very similar message as Wyatt on our previous first podcast who said just embrace the uncertainty. Yes. 
and that's that's just in other words what you said and it's so beautiful yes. it keeps coming and it's for me a huge reminder and i yes. think it's 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 brilliant message to to close up the the podcast people people say the only constant is change and so if you can accept that then you just adjust your sales like whoops that was a curveball okay let's go this direction whoops that happened too and so if you can just allow yourself to to go with the flow and um just trust just trust yeah yeah amazing thank you that this was so much fun thank you i love it <laughs> Thank you for being so open and yes. honest and willing to speak your mind and share everything that's going on inside of you. Thank you for allowing me an opportunity to do that, really, the, to have that platform to, to talk about this. I think the more we talk about it, the more, um, uh, more people can be impacted. And especially with so positive people such as you having a very inspirational story and you you pursued your passion, you took the risks, you, you changed and you learned and you're on that path and that you're vulnerable and willing to share that story. It's, it's really amazing. So thank you so much for your time, for the energy and love and inspiration. I'm going to post all the links in the comments so that all our followers and listeners can reach out to you and write you a nice comment and feedback and like and share your videos and your posts. Thank and you. I'm so much looking forward to to hear more about you and follow your journey because uh, you are amazing and I feel privileged to be able to spend this hour with you. What an interesting perspective on pole dance. You see that pole dance is much more than just a fitness discipline. It is a way of expressing your emotions and communicating and finding greatness within yourself. Stay in contact with Heidi by following her Instagram and Facebook page Heidi Coker. You can leave her message as well because she loves interacting with her audience. Do you want to meet Heidi? Well, then go to her website, HeidiCoker.com. It's H-E-I-D-I-C-O-K-E-R.com. And click on the upcoming events page to find out where you can see Heidi live. We promise you an irresistible offer that our partners from Blackpool Marketing prepared for you. Would you like to build your brand awareness and get thousands of real likes and followers on social media? It's time for you to grow your influence. So go and click on the link below and get one week completely for free when subscribing to the intermediate package of one month. In the text below you will find a unique link with a discount code. So go ahead and start building your brand awareness. This is a limited offer made available only for our listeners. So click on the link and connect with our friends from Black Paul Marketing. You know, guys, we love interacting with our listeners. And you know, Heidi's motto is be bold, be brave, be beautiful. So what is your motto? Let us and all the other listeners know what your motto is by writing it in the comments field below. Add hashtag motto, hashtag the influential executive and hashtag Heidi Coker. We choose then the three most inspirational mottos and give them a shout out on all our social media. Do you want to listen to every episode one week prior to the official launch date? Go to earnmoreworkless.com podcast and click on the subscribe button to be notified about all new episodes. The next episode will be packed with insights on how to sell without sounding salesy. Oh. 
and on how to create a real connection with your clients, prospects and every person you talk to. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.